Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with the beginning of wisdom as we pick up in Proverbs chapter 9, verse 9. And now, with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. The government keeps a group of men that are almost humanoids. And they they sit day after day at these desks in these think tanks. And these guys, when they start shaving, just shave all the way, you know. Their heads are bare and big heads, and they just sit there at the desk day after day after day, just sitting, and the government pays them royally for this. And they are thinking in these far-out abstract concepts And they may sit there for a month and never say a word to anybody. You can walk in, walk around, they they don't even recognize that you're there. And yet they come up with these outlandish, far-out concepts. Pretty soon, after several months, they'll go up the board and start writing out formulas and all this kind of stuff, designs. And then the government has other men who have to take these formulas and designs and see if they'll really work. We have a friend who was in the second phase. And he told us about these little humanoids almost that sit there at their desk. And and of these wild kind of concepts, how that they are, are thinking about how to transmit brainwave patterns from the outside so that people can see without eyes. You know, just by the transmitting of brainwave patterns to go across the brain so they get the illusion of sight and so forth, though they don't have eyes, or transmit the sound in so without the hearing apparatus, normal hearing apparatus would be able to hear, and all of these kind of things that they are actually working on and developing and, and trying to create. Far out kind of concepts. Now, these guys have a lot of knowledge, but they don't have much wisdom. This friend of mine was telling me that quite often, They'll be stuck because they, he said, they cannot, many of them cannot add a simple column of figures. Their, their minds are too complex to deal with simple math. And, and of course, they, they don't have any family life. I mean, they just live in isolated kind of existence in, in their own, sort of in their own minds and are, are just trained to get into themselves and into their own minds and concepts. Far out kind of stuff. So knowledge is having an accumulation of facts. Wisdom is knowing what to do with them. The proper use of knowledge or the application of knowledge. So the importance of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning. That's the starting place of wisdom. Last chapter we read, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Fear of the Lord. The word fear bugs some people. Because we have in our minds the concept of a phobia. But the word translated fear is not a phobia type of fear. But it is that kind of awe and reverential fear as we really think about God, his greatness, his power, who he is. Just that awe that comes over you. So that fear of the Lord, desiring to do what God would have me to do, 
love what God loves, hate what God hates. That desire, recognizing who God is, to seek to please him, that's what the fear of the Lord is about. That's the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the holy is understanding. We are living in a day and age when we have so confused the issue of good and evil, right and wrong, that people really don't know what is right or what is wrong. We have the situation ethics, and now more recently, this value clarification, where there is the denial of any kind of a universal base of good or truth or right. It's all relative to the situation. But understanding the knowledge of the holy, that which is holy, that which is pure, that's what understanding is about. It's understanding God and what he has declared. Wisdom is still speaking, and it says, For by me thy days shall be multiplied, and the years of thy life shall be increased. If you be wise, thou shalt be wise for thyself, but if thou scornest, thou alone shalt bear it. A foolish woman is clamorous. <laughs> he evidently knew about, a lot about women. He had enough wives to have quite an understanding. No doubt in, in the law of averages, you have a thousand wives, you're going to have some real weird ones, <laughs> contentious ones and everything else, and he'll get to them later on. A foolish woman is clamorous. She is simple. She doesn't know anything. For she sits at the door of her house on a seat in the high places of the city to call the passengers who go right on their ways. Whoso is simple, let him turn into her. And as for him that wants understanding, she says to him, Hey, stolen waters are sweet. Bread eaten in secret is pleasant. But he doesn't know that the dead are there and that her guests are in the depths of hell. Now, in chapter 10, we have individual proverbs. Most of these individual proverbs are in contrast, where they are contrasting the wise with the foolish or the wicked with the righteous or the diligent with the slothful. I mean, you'll, you'll see in each of them a contrast. And there is really not any kind of a tie between the Proverbs. Each one is a separate little, neat little truth all packaged by itself. Each one is self-explanatory. Thus, there isn't really much that you can say without being redundant. The Proverbs of Solomon. So now we're getting into the little individual pithy statements. A wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish son is the heaviness of his mother. You see, that's my boy, <laughs> or that's her boy. <laughs> the wise son is my boy, the foolish son is hers. Treasures of wickedness, 
profit nothing or gain that is made through wickedness. But righteousness delivers from death. The Lord will not allow the soul of the righteous to famish, but he casteth away the substance of the wicked. An interesting proverb. God will take care of his own. He'll not allow the soul of the righteous to famish. But ultimately, the wicked are going to have the substance taken away. He becomes poor that deals with a slack hand. But the hand of the diligent makes rich. Now, one thing that is noted in the Proverbs and in the Bible is that God does respect and desire that in your business dealings you always be absolutely honest and upright. Don't be trying to, you know, always shyster the other guy or take advantage of another guy. Or We read a little further where the buyer says, it's not worth a thing, it's not worth a thing. But when he walks away, he brags about what kind of a deal he got. It's worth nothing, it's worth nothing. Then you go away and say, man, did I ever have a deal. You know, look what I bought for $5. Really took that sucker. <laughs> and it speaks against that kind of stuff. He who deals with a slack hand, deal honestly. Don't deal with a slack hand, but be diligent. He'll become poor that deals with a slack hand. It'll come back to you. You won't stay in business. You won't last in business. But if you are honest and diligent in business, then you're going to get the reputation for that. You cannot keep your reputation from getting around, and it'll either be good or bad. He that gathers in summer is a wise son, but he who sleeps in the harvest is one that causes shame. Blessings are on the head of the just, but violence covers the mouth of the wicked. The memory of the just is sweet or blessed, but the name of the wicked shall rot. Think that one over. How do you want people to think of you when you're gone? The memory of the just will be blessed, <laughs> but if you've been rotten, then your name will rot. The wise in heart will receive commandments, but the pratting fools shall fall. He that walks uprightly walks surely, but he that perverteth his ways shall be known. He that winketh with the eye causeth sorrow, but a pratting fool shall fall. The mouth of a righteous man is the well of life, but violence covers the mouth of the wicked. Hatred stirs up strifes, but love covers all sins. This is quoted in the New Testament where we are told, but love covereth a multitude of sins. Hatred, if you're filled with hatred, it's just going to stir up strife. Everybody's going to hate you. 
that if you're a loving person, they're willing to overlook your faults. It just covers so many faults if you're a loving person. If you're a hateful person, man, then people are looking. They're scrutinizing you for faults. They can't wait to find it. It satisfies them when they can find something wrong. They see the flaws. But if you're a loving kind of a person, then they're just going to overlook all kinds of mistakes. So if you're not a perfect person, then you better be a loving person and you'll be able to get along all right. For love covers a multitude of sins, all sins. In the lips of him that has understanding, wisdom is found. But the rod is for the back of him that is void of understanding. Wise men lay up knowledge, but the mouth of the foolish is near destruction. A rich man's wealth is his strong city. The destruction of the poor is their poverty. The labor of the righteous tends to life, the fruit of the wicked to sin. He that is in the way of life that keeps instruction, or he that is in the way of life keeps instruction, but he that refuses reproof errs. He that hides hatred with lying lips, and he that utters a slander is a fool. Now, there is no contrast here. There are just two things that are declared. The man who hides hatred with his lying lips, that is the deceitful hypocrite. And the man who utters a slander, you utter something slanderous about someone else, you're a fool. In the multitude of words, there wanteth not sin. In other words, the more you talk, the more you're going to, the greater possibility you're going to sin. But he that refraineth his lips is wise. Better to keep your mouth shut and let people think you're a fool rather than to open it and remove all doubt. That's Proverbs 1-4 by Chuck. <laughs> I took it from the 19th here. There's nothing new under the sun. The tongue of the just is as choice silver. The heart of the wicked is worth little. The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for lack of wisdom. I love this one. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. All oh, the blessings of the Lord, how rich they are. How rich is the time that we can spend together in, in Christian fellowship and all, and there's no sorrow with it. You know, a lot of people out doing things and all, and oh, we're having a great time, but oh, man, the sorrow that follows, the remorse as, you know, the chickens come home to roost and, and as it begins to come back on you. But the blessings of the Lord, they just make you so rich and it, there's no sorrow attached to it. It's just good all the way. It is as sport to a fool to do mischief, but a man of understanding has wisdom. The fear of the wicked shall come upon him. 
but the desire of the righteous shall be granted. As the whirlwind passes, so is the wicked no more, but the righteous is an everlasting foundation. The wicked are to be destroyed, but the righteous will endure forever. <laughs> as vinegar to the teeth and as smoke to the eyes, so is the sluggard to him that sends him. I don't know what vinegar is to the teeth, but I do know what smoke is to the eyes. You know, it smarts. And if you send a sluggard to do a job, man, it smarts. <laughs> and so is the sluggard to him who sends him. The fear of the Lord prolongs one's days, but the years of the wicked shall be shortened. The hope of the righteous shall be gladness, but the expectation of the wicked shall perish. The way of the Lord is strength to the upright, but destruction shall be to the workers of iniquity. The righteous shall never be removed but the wicked shall not inhabit the earth. The mouth of the just brings forth wisdom, but the perverse tongue shall be cut out. The lips of the righteous know what is acceptable, but the mouth of the wicked speaks perversity. So all of these little, you know, nuggets, as I say, they are contrast, and this is, classic Hebrew poetry. For they found beauty in the, in the ideas and the thoughts that were expressed rather than in the rhyme or the rhythm. Whereas to us, poetry has to be in rhyme. It has to be in a rhythm to be attractive to us. But with the Hebrew poetry, it's all in the thoughts that are expressed. And usually... And either the contrasting thoughts, which in this chapter we have an excellent example as we were contrasting the righteous with the wicked and, and all. All of these contrasts to the, to the Hebrew, that's, that's just beautiful. They, they, they revel in the, in the thought, the contrasting thought, where for us, you got to have the rhyme, you got to have the rhythm, you know, and, and then we dig on the rhyme or the rhythm of a thing. There are strange things done neath the midnight sun by the men who toil for gold. The Arctic trails hold their secret tales that would make your blood run cold. The northern lights have seen queer sights, but the queerest they ever did see was the night on the marge of the Lake LaMarge when I cremated Sammy. You know, the, the rhyme and the... And the <laughs> we love it. You know, it, it, you, you love to throw the rhyming words together and the rhythm of it carries us. But um, with, with the Hebrew poetry, there, there, is, there isn't the rhythm, there isn't the rhyme, there's just the thoughts and you get the beauty in the contrasting thoughts or in the compounding of a thought, uh, which some of these were in the compounding, a couple of them were compounding of thoughts, but most of them were uh, contrasting thoughts. So, you get the idea of what a proverb is now as we move into these little three-liners or whatever. Uh, you, you begin to catch the idea of the contrast 
of a proverb and also of what constitutes poetry uh, in the uh, Hebrew idea and all. Return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Proverbs on our next broadcast. As Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible, and we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Proverbs 9 through 10 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's the wordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD, and our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. So, a lot of wisdom... A lot of understanding, a lot of knowledge packed away in these Proverbs. And I pray that as we study them, that you will gain, you'll begin to receive the words of wisdom and instruction, justice, judgment, and equity, give you knowledge and discretion. Father, we thank you for the study of your word. And we ask you, Father, make us wise, men of understanding hearts. Oh, God, help us to come into the fear of the Lord, where we might have a proper respect for you, learning to love the things that you love, hating those things that you hate that we might walk in righteousness and the uprightness of our heart before Thee, Lord, knowing that Thou, Lord, seest us day by day. Nothing is hid from Thy sight. So may we live, Lord, as in Thy presence and conscious of Thy presence. So let us walk in all purity, holiness, righteousness. O God, make us pure even as Jesus Christ is pure. In his name we pray. Amen. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. I'd like to tell you about a book written by Chuck Smith entitled Living Water. In this book, Pastor Chuck explains how God has the power to change your life through His Holy Spirit. This book will help you to understand how the Holy Spirit works in your life, covering such topics as who is the Holy Spirit, what does the Holy Spirit do, what are the gifts of the Spirit, and how should I respond? It's Pastor Chuck's desire that by God's grace and through this book, the Lord will develop in you a hunger and thirst for the things after the Spirit 
that will help you come into a deep and personal relationship with Him so that your life will be transformed. To find out more and to read a book preview, visit thewordfortoday.org and click on the link to download Living Water by Chuck Smith. Or if you would like to order this book in print, call The Word for Today at 800-272-WORD. That's 800-272-9673.